Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eccles, episode 98. I am your host, Carter E., joined as always by my producer, Jeff Mulvihill, Jr. of InstaImage.com. We also have Nevada News Group news editor Duke Rittenhouse joining us as well. We will kick off all sorts of all sorts of coverage here in a second. We got a lot of things to discuss today, but of course, before we get started, would like to thank today's sponsor that is Played Against Sports. Located in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs. You can check them out in person or online at www.playedagainsports.com. Like I said, a lot of sports to talk about this week. Um, I think we'd be remiss to not leave with a little football, given what we're coming into uh, this weekend and moving forward. Uh, but of course, I, I started introducing Duke, and uh, Duke is here with us as well. Duke, how are you doing today? I'm great. It's uh, it, it is a busy time of year. That we've mentioned in the past that there's nine NIAA sports in the fall, uh, and, and it's a little bit of everything. It's it's everything from football to cross country to to golf, and it's all over the place. I know you'll hit this later, but uh, you know we also start regional championships. Yeah, uh, the first of in theory, the first of nine. You know, so I always thought September was pretty busy, but there's no in in Nevada. You cannot compare. October's our month. Yeah, you know October's crazy. It's yeah, it's up there with. If I remember correctly, the transition between winter and spring sports, where like winter sports end and spring sports have kind of already started, uh, that for me feels pretty nuts as well. But uh, yeah, busy time of year, that's for sure. Of course, we will start with uh, Douglas football. They got Wooster this week, which will be for essentially the one seed in the Class 5A Div- Division Three, at least up here in the north. Both teams 3-0 coming into the league. Douglas 7-1 overall. Wooster sits at 5-3. Both on you know three-game winning streaks through league, as I said, at, at 3-0. Wooster, I think really you got to start with, as I've talked about with head coach Kyle Mays, and you'll see in our, our preview that they'll come out tomorrow online and in the print. Carlos Lopez for Wooster is kind of the guy. He's their quarterback. He leads the team in passing. He's up there in rushing yards for them, and he's also second on the team in tackles. And it sounds like he also plays special teams too. So they're not expecting number nine for Wooster to come off the field much uh, this coming weekend. Uh, Wooster's had some some good results. Obviously, a 24-13 win over Carson a couple weeks ago. Uh, they followed that up with a 34-7 win over Hug this past week. Um, but it's setting up for a showdown here uh, Friday in Minden. And, you know, I think we can't go any further without talking about Connor Jackson, who currently leads the state in rushing yards as well with 1,362. He's averaging 170 per game. Oh, did I mention he has 21 touchdowns and four interceptions on defense? Insanely impressive tally there. He's going to give all the credit to the offensive line, and rightfully so. They've had really good offensive line play this year. I was able to kind of get some of those those guys some love with some photos this weekend, uh, despite the fact that North Valley's lights are orange. I uh, did my best with what I could do there. I, I could run through all the names on the offensive line. I'm afraid I'd miss somebody. But really, if you've kept what kept up with the the Wednesday editions, there's been a lot of talk of what's coming and what has been so successful about this this Douglas line. And we will have a feature story coming this weekend on, on Connor Jackson and company. To be fair, and not to get too sidetracked on this, I think the biggest transition for him from last season to this season has been him running track 
this past spring. Uh, we talked to assistant coach Stephen Nelms, and this will be in the in the feature coming Saturday. Just about his shift upper body. Uh, his arms used to be kind of more out, and now they're more inward. He dropped his 100-yard dash time from right around 12 seconds to 11.5 this past spring, and uh, it showed in his fluidity in the run game, and he's been a huge reason why uh, Douglas has had the success to this season. Even, I know I said the offensive lineman will get lost. You know what's funny? I, find I haven't talked about Cole Smalley a ton, despite the fact that he's leading 5A Division three in, in tackles. There's just so many angles to this, this Douglas team right now. They have tied the school record with defensive touchdowns in a season with four. They forced 30 turnovers. The school record is 33. They are, they're just doing a lot of things really well across the board, and um, Wooster's going to have their hands full this weekend, without a doubt. Uh, Duke, I guess I'm curious. We can jump into uh, Carson and Galena here as well, but you know, any any reason you think that this won't be the uh, or what you think will, might be the biggest hangout for for the Tigers this this week, and then we will jump into to Carson Galena. Yeah, I've I've been impressed by both teams. Um, <clears throat> you know, I give Wooster my my surprise of the year team so far. Non Douglas division, maybe. You know, Douglas is. I think Douglas is a clear favorite here, and, and they've earned all the praise that you just went over. And, and just so many, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, they're, they're, they're big. The receivers are reliable. Smalley is your defensive player of the year. There's just, there's so much, there's so many things to like about the team. And, you know, they, they will be a solid favorite. But uh, circling back, you know, Wooster's okay. Uh, you mentioned the quarterback. I'll mention Dominic Espinoza. He's number 12. And uh, he... He had the backbreaker against Carson, which, for those who remember, was the interception return and uh, had a, a, a whole series of nice plays in that game. But that interception return was one of those cases where you've got a game that's 7-7, seven to seven, and in less than you know, 45, 50 seconds of clock time or whatever, it's 21-7, you know, and just changed the tenor of that game. I briefly talked to uh, some Wooster coaches after the game, and... Um, they were without prompting almost they were praising him you know so i i think douglas will have to you know keep an eye out for for wooster in terms of you know you're the favorite don't let it go at this point right you know you're right as you mentioned both teams are three and oh you know douglas clinches with a win they, they would do no worse than first place because they've beaten galena you know which is the team chasing them um, so there you go. You're, and you, you, you'd get a week off with the new playoff format and all that. I think it's going to be a, a great game. You know, every year, every sport, someone rises up. And again, in the non-Douglas division, I think you have to give Wooster credit. Yeah, and real quickly before we jump off of Douglas, just a programming note here. I apologize to the, the Ovard brothers. I mixed them up last week. Morgan Ovard is the Douglas High JV coach. Brady Ovard has uh, done a masterful job with the Douglas defensive backs along with assistant coach Stephen Nelms there. So uh, my apologies for mixing the two of them up last week. I'm glad I could at least get a smile out of them on the sidelines this weekend. Uh, as we go into Carson and talk about those postseason roles, uh, Carson's got North Valleys this week, and I know Duke and I were both at the Galena game last week, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, but just to make note here, uh, a win for Carson over North Valleys almost, if I'm not mistaken, locks them into the four seed, given that that would put North Valleys still winless and Hugs still winless in league going into that final week, and Carson 
assuming they beat North Valleys this week, would have a win over both of them, which locks would lock them into the four seed. That would give them a home playoff game as well. And Hug and North Valleys play each it, other, so they can't win more than once. Right, and that so. was what I was going to get to next with this Wooster-Douglas game. Let's, for the sake of making this easy, Douglas wins. Wooster and Galena play next week to determine who will be the two seed. The winner there will get the two seed and the second bye. Uh, Carson, if they are able to lock up the four seed this week, like I said, will get a home playoff game against that five seed, which will be the the loser of North Valley's hug, assuming this plays out the way we are talking about it. Uh, and then they would play number one seed in the semifinals. So whichever, assuming it's Douglas, will have a bye. Could be a, could be a dual, a, a double meeting between Carson and Douglas separated by just a couple weeks. So that could be pretty interesting. Duke, let's get to that Carson-Galena game. 37-0 Galena. But I'm not really sure the score was the story of the game, given what you got a chance to see, what we both saw uh, this past Friday. Yeah, that was, you know, I haven't seen anything posted from either school. And, you know, you know, not every school is really interested in tracking penalty yardage. But that was, that was a circus. Uh, and I think... Uh, what would be a diplomatic way to say this? There was some cases. There was some over officiating. I, I could name a couple of examples, and I'm talking about both schools here. You know, I'm uh, in, in terms of frustration and and all that. But um, you know, to be fair to the officials, uh, I think both teams um, at times showed a lack of discipline, and, yeah. and that's surprising this late in the season. And you know, that needs to be that needs to be cleaned up. You 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 don't want to end your season well you know we would have won that playoff game but we had this unsportsmanlike penalty call and that was you know is that how you want to end you know you're i mean so i would guess that's a bit of an emphasis for for both teams uh in terms of it was it was sloppy and it was frustrating but you know okay setting that aside for a second you know it was only seven to nothing at the end of the first quarter you know i actually think for a team that yielded 37 points i i was okay with Carson's defense, you know, minus maybe a couple of breakdowns. You know, Galena's, Galena's got some weapons, and the game just got, you know, it just kind of the second half just got worse and worse. It was one of those where, you know, the score is, you know, well, Galena could not hit an extra point or do a two-pointer. So the score was odd. It was 19, 25, 31. You know, it just, it just kind of, they wore them down and all that. And like I said, and like you've mentioned, you know, Galena's in a position to, you know, get a home or, you know, take a week off and get that number two seed. And, and that's great for them. And, you know, there's there's things to fight for. In your article, you mentioned, you know, head coach Ryan Bochard is just like, you know, do we, we, we offense, especially basics, 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 yeah. you know, and I think that's smart because, um, you know, there's a there's some season left. So I think that's smart. Yeah. And I'm not trying to sit here and, and parlay blame. You just you mentioned the, you know, the offense got to go back to basics that. I got, but like you mentioned, with all the the undisciplined stuff, it's just you know, unfortunately, it's starting to feel a little bit like a theme with with Carson this year. It seems like they can't go a game without without some sort of uh, you know undisciplined or mental miscue there. And again, not trying to parlay blame on anybody in particular. Just uh, as you said, with with two games left in the regular season, it's it's time. Now is the time to get that cleaned up, and uh, you're running out of time to to get that cleaned up and not feel like you spent an entire season kind of shooting yourself in the foot, for lack of a better term. There, uh, like we said, we talked about <clears throat> how Carson's playoff route could go. 
Uh, I would say it goes as far as they pretty much hold their own destiny here as far as that four seed goes. And that game against North Valley's this weekend in Carson uh, Friday night will be will be crucial. I think it's a game they should feel as confident as you can coming in. I I know Carson will you know would never say such a thing as to you know be you know we're confident going in given the way this this season has gone. But given it's two offenses that have have both really struggled and Carson's defense has shown some some life here in the in the league season, the Senators have to feel. It's at least semi-confident coming into this game that it's it's one where they they can win it and kind of set themselves up for a a four seed and not that they would ever say that the Carson Douglas game wouldn't matter but in theory the first regular season meeting given they would be lined up to play in the playoffs wouldn't have would not hold as much stake though I guarantee you I will be the only person to say that out loud so <laughs> it is interesting the it's the same argument you hear from the college football people that you know when you when you do, when you mess with the format and stuff like that, you, you especially in football, you run a risk of setting up uh, consecutive meetings or devaluing the regular season. And, you know, to a certain extent, I'm willing to debate that. But for, for one thing, um, Carson and Douglas are, are great rivals. Yeah. And for a second thing, you don't, you're, this, you're only going to get the 100th anniversary one time. So, uh, you know, and I'm, we might touch on this later, but the other interesting thing, Hypothetically, if these teams meet twice in a season, this the same the same season hasn't happened. You know, we've got our list of scores, but hasn't happened. In, that used to be common. They used to schedule each other twice, but you know, the forties. So yeah, without digging through my backpack here, I've got that list in my backpack, but I don't want to start pulling on a bunch of zippers to get to that. Look, that Carson Douglas game is going to be good. <laughs> Seating will not matter whatsoever, even if both teams postseason are decided. I. The only the only way I see either team pulling players is if that game is an absolute blowout late, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. There's a there's a chance it could be. There's a chance that you know it's a rivalry game. Carson comes in and kind of surprises some folks. Maybe catches Douglas a little off guard with something, and you never know. I mean, Galena Galena led Douglas fourteen nothing. Right. I mean, you right. you can't. It really there there. It's kids playing sports. Yeah. You, there's no guarantees. Yeah. Let's turn to real quickly. Honestly, just kind of, I guess, a podcast teaser. We've got regional girls golf going on pretty much right now. We're taping this Tuesday morning, but by the time you're listening to it, it's it's going to be in full swing. We are into day two. Douglas High and Carson High girls golf both up at Wolf Run. We will have coverage for that online uh, this evening or mon- Wednesday morning. I imagine it'll be up this evening based off of what I can gather out there, but would like to touch on that. Douglas tennis, team tennis also both kicking off their uh, regional play. The individual stuff is coming up here in a week or two, but Team Tennis, uh, both Douglas teams were the five seed going in and had to go on the road there. Jeff, we need a little soccer breakdown because you have done some homework on this regional ties, and now that I'm looking at it and now that you've explained it to me, it makes sense. But I imagine most of our audience is probably not even aware that this is complicated and it's uh, a little more unique than it has been in years past. Yeah, right. Um, and it's been a little weird because we had no games during the week last week because Washoe schools were closed. So, or not closed, but away on break. So the way it has been explained to me is this is for f- uh, 5A boys in the north as well as 4A girls in the north. They will play, we're split into two leagues, it's at High Desert and Sierra. And 
you will play each team in your league twice, and you will play each team on the other league once, and it all counts. So that's a little different than we're normal and used to, and like we were talking before, it makes uh, tracking it on Max Preps kind of a, a confusing thing. Almost impossible, really. Yeah, just because <laughs> of their format is you know cookie cutter and one size fits all, and this is yeah. not a one size fits all unless you're basically in European soccer. Uh, so the best place is the NIA website. They've got it. And uh, so it's going to be interesting. Um, apparently the, the schools chose to go this two-league format versus having one big league where you play everybody. Uh, I don't know if that is from a... I, I would be curious to hear what their rationale was for that decision because if you look at the standings right now, it doesn't benefit quite a few teams so yeah and if you look at max preps right now they've got carson at zero and four in league play which isn't even close carson's at one four and two in league play douglas right in front of them at one three and three in league play that tie is just kind of the extra point difference oh did i mention that they play each other twice starting today for the next week that is going to be a huge as far as playoffs only one of those two teams barring one of the top three teams in sierra falling apart only one of Carson or Douglas girls soccer is going to make the playoffs this right, year. Right. And it will likely come down to the winners of tonight's game and then next Tuesday's next, game as yes, well. Absolutely. That's on the girls side. Yeah, absolutely. And the boy, the boys, Carson boys are sitting at third. Um, Douglas is struggling um, a little bit this year. They did come up from three mm-hmm. A. So that's a, an adjustment. Uh, and the, and we've talked about this all year long. There are some very good teams. I mean, they're still 5A. That's how good they are. Uh, you know, Sparks, Hug, North Valleys, Wooster. Those are perennial, you know, really, really strong programs. So, Yeah, you know, I was going to sit here and say I'm not necessarily sure certain teams should have gotten called up to 5A, but then I look at the boys 3A North, and there's already... 13 teams in the boys 3A North, so right. I'm not really sure they should have hung around there either. Um just to clarify here, Carson at 3-2-1 and one in Sierra League play. Like Jeff said, they are sitting in third. Douglas is in sixth in Sierra League play. Top four from the Sierra League will go to the postseason. Carson is tied with Galena for fourth, but Minogue is seven points behind in fifth. So imagine they're probably fairly safe at this point. Again, kind of control your own destiny sort of deal. But Wooster on second, also with ten points. So there's a chance that they could get a couple home games out of this and I guess, realistically, your goal is to avoid sparks and maybe hug as long as possible. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. So that's going to do it for uh, soccer there. Excuse me. Volleyball hasn't seen a whole lot of changes since we uh, last talked to you guys. Like Jeff alluded to with Washoe County schools on break last week, they did not have a whole lot of games going on there. Of course, my internet is timing out as I try to pull up the standings here. But Carson and Douglas both kind of fighting for those. Douglas especially fighting for that last spot. I know last I looked, they had dropped into to seventh in league play there. Carson was in, in fifth. They've had a, had a little bit of a, a tough run as of late, but they are uh, starting to, yeah, still sitting at five and five in fifth place. Douglas is in seventh at three and eight. Galena splits the two at three and seven in sixth place. So we'll see how... How that kind of shakes out. McQueen is in fourth. They've got the Senators by a game and a half. And then, of course, you got Reno, Spanish Springs, and Minogue. One, two, three, yet again to and likely they, the surprise. And they're one league, right? They are one league. That's yeah. what I find. I mean, 
this is so it's a it's like realignment. It's uh, so it's, confusing because depending on what sport you have a different format and it and it's going to keep changing. Yeah, of course. It's, yeah, it, honestly it's it's a year by year well, for football at least, for other sports it's going to be a two years basis, but it's Unfortunately, this is kind of just the the landscape you got to get used to now at this point is that every year you're going to have to kind of check in and don't worry, I understand that's my job to put in the newspaper too, but kind of check in and re- remember, you know, girls golf is now 4A and people are pulled up and pulled down and soccer girls is 4A, but boys is 5A and they're split leagues, but <laughs> volleyball is 5A and, and one league. football is 5A division three. It's it, everything's different now. And I think you really have to keep that on a sport by sport basis. There. Yeah, I think that's the. the that's your biggest difference between, you know, 10, 12, 20 years ago. But there's always been realignment, you know, and Nevada's never had very many schools, but it was historically, it was a school by school realignment, you know. Um, I've mentioned this a couple times, but I'll never forget the look on Lowry's face when their entire program went up to the old 4A, our current 5A, you know, just right. every program. Like, you know, wrestling, you know, state title maybe, but most of your other sports, they got clobbered. The, the commitment now, the big difference is they're willing to sit down and do it sport by sport. Um, it is a lot. Uh, it, you know, I, I think we, we could debate this back and forth. I, I think it's interesting. You mentioned the soccer teams. You know, you've got some historic, um, some Central and North Reno teams that you mentioned, North Valley's Hug, that sort of thing. Great soccer programs. Yeah. And in, you could point to a couple other sports where they're not as good. So when you do that, I think, okay, I'm all right with sport by sport. You know, let their soccer teams want to play at 5A. Great, you know, go for it. But if you are looking at, you know, 8, 10, 12 years of, of lack of success and maybe something else, then yeah, go down. The only the problem, as we've mentioned, is the paperwork and the, <laughs> and the keeping track of it. I mean, it really is, it, 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 it's 10 times as much paper. You know, that, so anyway, it's, you know, like I said, we could probably, we could probably devote a program to it. We could debate it with anyone, but it, I don't see it going away, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, every two years we're going to mix this thing up. Yeah. Let's uh, just keep making a little uh, stew every year. Just put some new ingredients in there and churn out something that hopefully, hopefully works. That's a, that's a poor analogy. I apologize. All right. I, I just, I really do find it interesting though. Volleyball largely has been left. I mean, we moved everybody down but and and they chose to go as one league football's two leagues soccer's two leagues I, uh, and I, I i'm guessing they were all in the same room at the same time having the conversation how do you guys want to do this do we want two leagues one league and i don't know if the coaches were saying well, i'm trying to assess what i think is going to happen but it is not beneficial for carson for yeah. example in girls soccer to have two leagues right it's better to go with one big league, they would have made. They're in playoff contention if they win two games. Yeah, so. I think, and I think it's interesting that it's, it's actually a series of three meetings. So you know, you've yeah. got your fall, winter, spring, and like, I do think the coaches have a lot of influence, and of course, they get together with their athletic directors. But like, I think boys basketball, or I guess uh, girls too, is fascinating. The basketball discussion was a unanimous block of let's go 4A, and that's coming up for the first time. But our football discussion was, of course, we've mentioned on this show, complete chaos to the four (laughs) meetings, right? (laughs) So, and and, and what's interesting, to to not to go too down this rabbit hole, but baseball, again, kind of a unanimous block. No, we want to stay 5A. So you've got these, I, I think it's the coaches and the ADs, 
And in some sports, there was a united front. This is what we want. And I think for other sports, it was the opposite of united. It was kind of chaos and no one could agree. Um, I don't know if maybe soccer was like that. Maybe, maybe there was some... Uh, instead of, you know, maybe it was six schools, we want this, and five, and two, and, but, you know, I really, like, I'll be interested in this basketball season. The, yeah. the school, our schools will still play each other. Yeah. That hasn't changed. But when they get down to Las Vegas and wanting to win state titles, it'll be a whole new look. Yeah. So, you know, I would never go to anyone but you for the soccer knowledge. Um, but I just think it is interesting that it's on Summit was so united. The yeah. front was so united. Yeah. Well, what I think what intrigues me the most about it is if you look at just take the Sierra for the girls for soccer, you don't have who has more recently been the strong teams, Reno, Spanish Springs, et cetera. You're not playing them unless you. And, and Carson did, unless you're choosing to play them in your preseason games, you're not playing them. So are you really playing the best or, you know, what, what's going on? So why aren't we trying to bring the whole program up, all of the schools up by having everybody play each other? Uh, maybe twice is too much, but it's, pre- it's been pretty close to that for Carson versus every other team on the other side. So, and, and on the boys' side, same thing. I know it sucks to get clobbered twice by Sparks. I, I get that. But if you're going to compete, you got to beat them. And if you want to go to state and you want to win state, you got to beat them because it's going through Sparks. So I, I, I don't understand that mentality of oh, we, we could win league. Well, nobody cares. You want to win a region. That's, that's the trophy. It's just like an MLS. You've got supporter shield which is the best record of over the season versus the mls cup everybody in the uh, the rest of the world does supporter shield they don't even have playoffs so it's just really interesting to me with the mindset of how we work in america of champion well the champion was the person that won the region period and nobody knows okay yeah there's a league championship but the region is what we really want. Do you think they'll blow it up in two years? Do, do you when they when they meet again? Do you think that the soccer recommendation will be different? I still think they'll be four A, five A, like they are. But this league thing, this two league thing, I don't. I would love to have heard that conversation go down because I don't understand why. I don't see the benefit on either side for the the weaker teams. Yeah, we can add a. We can add Nevada News Group soccer reporter to Jeff's uh, <laughs> resume here. I got to touch on uh, some cross country stuff before we get out of here. Carson, the girls are just continuing to absolutely crush it. Uh, there's going to be a, a feature story coming next week in Wednesday's Nevada Appeal. Just go ahead and throw a teaser out there on the Carson girls cross country team. Obviously, coming off a Class 5A state title from last year, but. Realistically, I mean, you look at where they're going this year to run in these meets, and they're they're not even competing against Nevada anymore. This past weekend, they went to the Clovis International Meet. They ran into 42 different schools there. The Carson girls were second. They were four points off the, the lead. Their first five runners all set PRs. And now I know cross-country is a little tougher to determine how significant each PR is because every course is different. Weather's different. That really affects altitude. Altitude's different. It really affects it affects those numbers. But even on the boys' side, five more PRs in their their top six. 
Uh, Hannah Budd continues to absolutely just cruise. She was third out of like 290 runners at the Clovis Invitational this past weekend uh, with an 1843. Vea Minor, Brianna Rodriguez, Nunez were all in the, the top 20 there. Madison Hager, Jenny Ponzak are right on their case as well. All basically within 20 minutes or under in the first five and that's are, that's going to be dangerous and, coming. And they are the nicest kids. They are the nicest. You just kids. go talk to them. They're so down to earth, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, you can do what? And and you would not. I mean, they're obviously athletes. You look at them; they're very fit, but they're just the nicest kids. Yeah, I gotta. I honestly have to start separating them for interviews because I think they're all really close in general. Very and I much. get I get groupthink when I talk to multiple multiple <laughs> runners at once. They tend to all give me the same answers. Uh, but yes. Feature story coming in next Wednesday's Nevada Appeal. It was the best the best time to make that interview work was Friday, so can't get it turned for Saturday, but keep an eye out for Wednesday's Nevada Appeal there. Uh, Sawyer Macy also uh, was a top five finish at the Clovis uh, Invitational as an individual as well. So big shout out to Carson Cross Country there. I imagine they're going to be 5a state champions again they might want to they might want to get the trophy case ready yeah we've we've hit on this before but in addition to being up at the front of the pack like they are they've got the good uh, they've got the the solid five scoring opportunity um which is your your key in cross country is um you know, I, I ran, I was on all different kinds of teams. I had a one team where there was three of us that were pretty good. And we, we didn't win any team titles because by the time you added up the scores, you know, we were, we, we just, our fourth and f- five kids who were younger, you know, weren't, uh, weren't quite as up there. But when you've got five, maybe six for insurance, <clears throat> that's the dream in cross country. Yeah. So if I was, if I was Carson, I would scooch over the one <laughs> state championship trophy and, and then I would put these two side by side. Are you saying so, it's time to already start dusting off the second spot? Just get it, get it ready, get, and get the assembly schedule ready, and and all that. No, I, you know what? We probably shouldn't do that. Cause Sound the alarm, folks. <laughs> we've we've been in sports for too long. Yeah, we yeah. shouldn't we shouldn't do that. So never mind. I take it all back. That's yeah. No pressure on that that Carson High girls team, but they were doing math before the state title, state championship meet last year i imagine they've already started doing doing the math there as well so uh again congrats to them and you'll hear more about them here coming forward i think we got one more thing before we get out of here uh duke the floor is all yours thank you so as we mentioned a number of times and and this might be uh depending on when we depending on when we get together for recording again so this might be my last opportunity for this but uh, the Carson Douglas football game, as a reminder, it's the 100th anniversary. The, the teams met at the varsity level uh, for the first time in 1923. Uh, 100 years later, here we are. Um, as Carter mentioned, it is Tuesday. It's not game week. This is, uh, this is week uh, 9 of 10. But I wanted to update everyone on our schedule. Uh, we, we have a uh, special section that we're super proud of that's coming out uh, that goes over the history of the game, um, has some, uh, some stories from people that Carter caught up with, uh, some statistical information. We, we found some old photos. We took pictures of old newspapers. It's really neat. Uh, we're putting it together now, uh, so it's kind of a done deal. Uh, but I just wanted to throw out a couple dates. So the game itself, of course, is the 20th. That's the Friday. Uh, that is Carson at Douglas uh, 100 years ago. Uh, we, you know, Normally, uh, no matter what year it is, uh, we expect a, a big crowd there. I think this will be a special crowd, and I think it'll be 
great for both teams. Uh, but the date to remember, other than the game, go to the game, of course, but the date to remember is two days before uh, Wednesday the 18th. Uh, the special section will be in, the plan right now is to, it'll be inserted uh, into both the uh, the appeal uh, in Carson City, the record courier in Douglas County, uh, and then I think later, if anyone misses it or something like that, uh, I think the plan is we will keep some copies here, uh, probably at both offices. I'll probably have 10 myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a couple. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, we, we want everyone who wants this to, to see it and all that, but we're putting it together. Uh, we will print this thing. And then uh, again, not this week, but next week's uh, papers and uh, or swing by our office. I, I know the appeal is uh, close to Reds here in Carson City. Um, as an example, we'll get you a copy. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, but I wanted to alert everyone that, uh, uh, yeah, we're making it, and uh, this might be the last time we get to mention it. And uh, so Wednesday the 18th, and, man, I think uh, I think everyone's going to be pretty pleased. Yeah, some really good work done there. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on there, and, you know, definitely worth picking up, if only for some of the history of it, too. Uh, got a chance to talk to a, a member of the Carson 1956 state title team, uh, got a couple of quotes from the Douglas 1974 state title team. So for any of you, you history buffs, which I know is a big part of our readership, that is that is going to be something you definitely want to check out. And if you uh, just want to do me a solid, then that's that's great too. Feel <laughs> feel free. I appreciate that. And real quick, also, it took us a while, but I think we have we have a, the, the most definitive score list uh, that I've ever seen. Uh, for any publication in the state of Nevada, it's it should be definitive. It was researched. It's um, at the high school level. Um, Nevada, as we mentioned, Nevada is so spread out, and and there's not many high schools. Sometimes the research or the the record keeping at the schools is poor. It, it's not good at all. So what the our only solution that we could figure out was to physically dig, and uh, between a bunch of us, we. Doug, we found some new scores. I think I mentioned that a few weeks ago. We found four new games. Um, we changed a couple scores. There was a bunch of tiny changes. But like for the first time, I think no one in Nevada has done this. It's a definitive list. If you have any interest in either of these high schools and the rivalry, uh, this list will not be topped by anyone. So check that out, too. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, Duke. I appreciate you saying that. And, uh, you know, I think this is going to be our longest podcast to, the, to date. So if you've made it this far, I greatly appreciate you. You are uh, just one of a kind. And so I appreciate you guys. Everybody's for, listening for the whole thing. Yeah, Come yeah on. I appreciate you making it to, to this point. I'm just saying, you know, much like any any good music album at the end, you know, if you've made it this far, I know you really, you really mess around with us. And I appreciate you. I just want you to know that. So uh, that's going to do it for episode 98. Thanks as always to producer Jeff Mulvihill Jr. of InstaImage.com. Huge shout out to Duke Rittenhouse, news editor here at Nevada News Group for joining us. Thank you to today's sponsor that is Played Again Sports in Carson City, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs located at the Topsy Lane Shopping Center. Otherwise, that's going to do it for us. We will catch you guys next week. Take it easy.